my cup. Think of me, I bet I must have seen Kalein and Farbein top. Get me kings of Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and I know we have been re-airing. This week we are re-airing my live interview with B.D. Wong because tonight, tonight, is the opening of our show. B.D. Wong uh, directed my new show, Yes, I Can Say That, at 59E59 Theaters on 59East 59th Street. And so we thought... Let's let's revisit my live interview with BD. I have to say, he is just one extraordinary person. He is so talented. He is so insightful. He is brilliant. And he's so fucking funny. And I think that, you know, people are like, oh, BD Wong is is um directing it. You know, they don't they don't think about him in a comedy sense, but he is so fucking funny. So fucking funny and a wicked sense of humor. And I've known him for 30 years. So this interview was before, before we, oh, there went my phone. Isn't that funny? This was before the, uh, we started working together on the show. So that's that. Um, I just want to say I'm recording this before any possible indictment of that fucking orange piece of fucking shit. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck it all. Okay. So, uh, I'm excited, except Trump Tower is literally like three blocks from my theater. So, if there's going to be protesting. Ugh. And by the way, every time I walk by that building, every time, what do I do? I give it the finger. That's right. Then people stare at me, and then they look across the street, and they're like, oh. Or they're like, But I just want to say... I am so sick of people going to jail. Women be women going to jail for having an abortion or being made to to carry unviable fetuses to term and risking their own health because of these fucking white male fucking supremacist fuckheads and it's getting on my fucking nerves. So there's that. There's also um, the banning of books, which is driving me up a wall. I am so sick of this censorship and the right acting like they're free speech advocates when they shut down anything that makes them look bad and anything that has to do with critical thinking or people from diverse backgrounds. So fuck you. Fuck all. I'm very angry today. But I'm excited because my show is opening tonight, tonight. So um, if you're in town, please come see it. It is such a great experience. Also, I'm having a talk back with Sandra Bernhardt on Friday, March 24th. Uh, There's a few tickets left for that. I have a talk back with BD on March 31st. And I have a talk back with the one and only Mary Trump. And I think that... One is in April. Uh, It is in April, but I don't know the exact date. I mean, I could look it up. I I can actually look it up while I'm on the phone with you. I just said on the phone with you, like we're on the phone. Let's see. I really don't know when. Oh, uh, April 14th. April 14th, Friday night. So there you go. I'm doing a talk back with Mary Trump. Uh, The only normal Trump. 
All right. Well, I want you to sit back and, and, and enjoy this. I want everyone to start thinking about how you can stop this fucking madness. Um, and it's by volunteering and voting and speaking up, speaking truth to power. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, so sit back, relax my conversation, uh, enjoy my conversation with the one and only B.D. Wong. B.D. is it? Uh, I just want to say actor, writer, director, author, wow. playwright, librettist, Tony winner, Emmy nominee. I mean, you're fucking everything. I am you do everything. This is a podcast, so no one can hear. But when did you get the new hair? Like the new hair is just fifteen minutes ago. I conditioned it for you. No, but it's been—it's just been growing. But it doesn't usually look like this. Like Anastasia, our friend, she saw it a few days ago or whatever. It doesn't look like this. But I got it all like. I fucking love it. It's really it, hot. It has no part. You see, it's a secret. But you know, you are a little upset. Like you have to deal with it all the time. I don't like it really. You know, really it's because I have to grow it and it, and it just just recently got past the awkward stage where the, the parts that used to be buzzed on the sides right, 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 right. got, grew out past the point right. where they don't look like they're just like sticking out and so now it's kind of getting a life of its own. I like it. Thank you. Uh-huh. I'm in the awkward stage. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. BD, we, um... You, I, you probably have never listened to my podcast. I have, yeah. You have? have? Yeah. I forgot who it was, though. Who was it? So uh, I like to, you know, talk about how people grew up because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about, you know, we, we want to learn about BD, also known as Bradley Darrell uh, Wong. Yeah. So you, you were... Um, do you know any of it? I know a lot of it. You do? San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, born and raised. Born Parents, and raised. Um, you're the th a third generation Chinese American. Yes, very good. Your mother was a telephone uh, ah, company supervisor. Yeah, great. And your father was a postal worker. Yes. And you're the middle of three boys. That's right. I was a Jan. Y you're Jan. Yeah. Do you think you're Jan-ish? I don't think I'm Jan-ish. I think my, my younger brother's more Jan-ish. Really? Yeah. But, what does but, he but, do? But he should, he would never, he's, I hope he's not listening because he wouldn't like oh, it he's for not me to listening. say that. Um, um, what does he do? He's a recently retired firefighter. Wow, that's hot. Yes, totally. And um, what about your older brother? My older brother is a semi-retired um, former physician and he's a consultant um Okay, boy. Uh, no, it's no really, one gives it, a it's shit. very interesting, though, actually. It is? He's a bedside manner consultant. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. He teaches doctors? He teaches doctors and nurses how to get along and and, and uh, bedside manner and, and the. the um, no the, way. The ethics of, of, of uh, health care and serving the people that need it. Because Are it, you because it's, it's a really broken system, and, oh, and, and so he goes in and he like does retreats and coaches uh, staffs. And does he teach them how to deal with patients too? Yeah, there's a whole. He has a whole, you know, theories, and he wrote a book. What's the name of it? Heroes need not apply. Oh, I think I like him more. Than, what's his name? Yeah, <laughs> Brian. Brian. Oh, are they all bees? Yeah. What's the third one? Barry. 
He should be the gay one, Barry, don't you yeah, think? Probably. Bradley, though. I don't know. Yeah, Bradley's pretty gay. Wow, so he's a doctor. So, yeah, I mean, you did win a Tony, and, you know, you are a fucking movie star and TV star. Do you think your parents favor him because he's, a, well, your father's gone, but do you think your mother favors him because he's a doctor? <laughs> well, I think she favors us all in different ways, yeah. Oh, God. I'm so sick of you being perfect. No, I think she thinks she, I think the doctor thing was really important to them. And my older brother was older and I was having trouble kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And, and that put pressure on me. Right. But then he, they, he became a doctor and that was great for them. They, they were very proud of him. Of and then, course. And then the, my thing let let the little bit of the air out of the tires for me. The stress of like right. what the hell? And I, then, I was gonna be and such then a your loser. other brother was like, "Fuck it, I'm fucking gonna fight fires, save people's lives, and yes. shit like that." Yeah, that's right. I love your. So family. he get they he, my yeah that's right. They everybody has their own kind of thing. Right. So I mean, they're all individuals. Now, did you have your own room growing up? No. Who'd you share it with? My brother Barry. The gay Which one. Was, yeah. No. Barry. Yeah. I know. <laughs> The and, one that made me gay, yeah. And so that. <laughs> <laughs> and so did Brian have his own room? Yeah, and then Brian went to college, so then I guess we got our own rooms after that, yes. So yeah. Brian had his own room, and that's why he was able to become a physician. Because <laughs> he had space to study. And, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, okay. he was perfect, and still is very perfect. Like, really? Is he yeah, married? Yes. And Kids? he has two boys, yeah. And what do they do? One of them is a chef, and one of them is a um, a real uh, a corporate real estate. Um, it oh, works boring. for a corporate corporate real estate for. Um, so, as a young child, yeah. What part of San Francisco did you grow up? The in? Sunset District by the beach. Really yeah. nice. My parents lived and uh, with my brother Brian uh, in North Beach near Chinatown, and then when we were born, we moved out to the avenues. It's called. And that's where I went to public high school, and that's where I, I, I grew up and everything. And was um, was it a suburb, or was it more city -ish? It was sub suburb-ish. It was, it was so like, like if we're in New York, what would you say? It's oh, Brooklyn-y? Brooklyn, like Red Hooky? It's, it's, it's kind of Queens-ish, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, oh, it's Queens-ish. It's that place ah. that you see in the photographs near the beach where all the houses look exactly the same yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. very small. Did you live in a house or an apartment? In a house, yeah. Wow. A little house with a tiny little strip of lawn in front of each house. It's very, it was like a development. Right. Where, it was a development, where, but it, was, it, was not, it wasn't fancy. It was very like starter homes kind of right. thing. Like, so you... You started taking voice lessons at a very young age, is that correct? I sang in the choir, the chorus, it was called. Me too, and can I say something? No. Okay. <laughs> so if you love, I was in the chorus and the band, I was a fucking nerd, anyway. Yeah. And so I, there's at, at high school or in junior high school, or in middle school or whatever you call it? I was, yeah, in middle school too. Yeah. Like I started in like fourth grade, anyway. Yeah, fourth grade, that's Yes, that's when you have school. to, yeah. So it, by high school, when we would do choral concerts, yes, and then it would be all the um, country sopranos, uh, you know, on in the first row, and then altos in yeah. the second row, and then the baritone and bass, right, the tenor and bass, right. Yeah. And so they the, the um, there would be 
the Sopranos would stand on the stage, and then there was a riser, riser. and then there was another riser. But you didn't have to stand on I the riser. I didn't fucking stand on the riser, yeah. and I was still taller than everyone. It's the worst. It's in the fucking yearbook. It is so depressing. Okay. The, but they can't the see floor? your feet. No, no. You, I'm on the end, okay. and I'm taller than all the fucking girls who are on the fucking riser. Okay, but you okay? see, wait, wait a second. I was in elementary school, and I was the smallest person. This is seriously true. Yes. And I got put in the middle of the first row, and everyone went like this. It was like no an way. arrow pointing to my shortness. That's how I felt. Aww. Okay. Um, but then I got solos and stuff. Shut up. Yeah. But I got, we graduated grammar school in size order, and I was the last one to graduate. Isn't that horrible? Not if you were. It would be horrible. If okay, you I was six the feet. One. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you it was, had. No, it was seriously terrible for you the whole time. Horrible. It was awful. Like you'd wake up and go. And this I, is another I, day of like being yes. the tallest person. Mm, I'm and sorry, getting called Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. No, Who's that's laughing? terrible. Goddamn motherfucker. Um, <laughs> you had a teacher in grammar school. I had several teachers. Okay, shut up. Who was instrumental in your desire to become an actor? No, I had... No, I mean, I appreciate this. This You're you're close. No, but you fucking... Yeah. No, no. Anastasia. Look, she does way more research than most people do, so she she gets she should get credit for that. Yes, thank you. The thing is that she my real my real like Mr. Holland kind of teacher was in in high school my high school drama teacher. But in grammar school, I had a music teacher that introduced me to music, and that was the first thing that happened. What's the matter? Now, she's right. right. She's right. So you got, were you popular? Like, what was school like? Were you just, because, you know, a lot of people don't know, BD has a very fierce sense of humor, and he's mean. I mean. So, um. And why? We get to the bottom of why now. Yeah, so, I mean, you have a very cutting, edgy, you know, where did that come from? I think it comes from the same part of me that wants to be an actor that likes to have a reaction from someone. That yeah, like, you do. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. reaction. And so, um, I, 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 so I think that's what it is. Like, it's the fun, the fun part for me is just watching a person after you've said something terrible to them. Right. And just watching did them. Did you ever you know. get in trouble in school? No, but I had a couple of situations where people would cry or something. And then ah! I... And then that was not the reaction that I wanted, you know, and then I was devastated because I I did not want to hurt people. Did you apologize? Yes. So like what, give me an example. Suzanne Grodner. Jewish? I think so. Yes. Jewish, Grodner's Jewish name, yeah. From Burlingame. And she, that that was in, uh, that was actually right out of high school. That was in college. Okay. And um, I was, she was like, you know, my Anastasia, she was like somebody that I would just be really mean to. And I, I was much more, <laughs> fr- I was much freer about it then and much less sensitive about it. I mean, right, even less you, sensitive. Did you like her? I loved her. Right. She was and a very, she's a really super talented actor. We were right. in shows together. She was Minnie Faye when I was in Hello, Dolly, and I was right. Barnaby. And I was just like always, like, I think I just hit her too hard. And I, and, and finally she was like, she couldn't take it. And then I was, I, I was, Totally caught off guard because as a kid, I didn't. This is where, this is kind of why I kind of like am into like telling kids things, like spelling things out for them that they'll find out eventually, but right. you could spell it out for them and right. it would be easier. Like, this is going to happen to you. Try not to like get, go so far that that happens. Like, so, you know. do you feel. Because my son does it now too. My son is very, very snarky with me in particular. Really? Yeah. 
He loves to just like bust my balls about that. Good everything. for him. Yeah. And so, you, but Jackson. I'm saying like, I hope you don't do that the same way to everybody because Jackson. I will say that this happens every once in a while. Right. So do you think it was a coping mechanism, the snarky little... I think it, well, no, first of all, it grew. Uh, it, I wasn't like that as a child. Okay. I was. Because I met your mother, Roberta, who's the sweetest yeah, human being. She like, is. she's like an angel. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And you are nothing like her. <laughs> I'm like her, like, inside in some ways. Right, but I'm right, not right. like her. I'm, I'm sorry, it's really hot up here. I know. Um, uh, there are things about me that are like her. Of course, we're all like our parents in different ways. Right. But no, she's not mean to people. What was right. um, what was your father like? My father was impish. Really? My father was a little uh, Chinese American uh, uh, guy who was really cried all the time. No way. Yeah, he was always very sentimental, and he loved to talk about why people should always get along, and and the, the but you know like. But I'd like to teach the world to sing. You know that song? Yeah. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's the Coke commercial. It was a Coke commercial. Yeah. Anyway, that was a so, big. So that was a big thing in the seventies. It Go was. Ahead. Yeah. Where's your husband? Okay. Go ahead. Was that the DMV? All right, whatever. Oh, it was at the DMV. All right, yeah. Which is terrible. Okay, go ahead. So do you... Do I don't know where it came from. I was, I was very um, brainy and precocious as a child. And, and you were a great very, student. And I spoke in, like, perfect English all the time. And it, Can you it, speak it, Chinese? No, I can't. We moved. This is, a, this, is why we, this is why we moved. I mean, this is one of the side effects of us moving to the avenues was that we weren't near Chinatown anymore. I was do thrilled. your parents speak Chinese? Or? Yes, and my older brother does. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. How do you Marcia. say how do you say coronavirus in Chinese? I don't know. Okay. So, oh, you didn't like that? If I liked it, you would have known. See how mean he is to yeah. me? Do you see? This is the evil side of BD. It's not evil. Okay. So, all right, so you're, uh, do you have a lot of friends? Like, is going to school fun? I like, I fucking oh, okay. dreaded it so every I, goddamn morning. No, I didn't. I was, I, I until fifth or sixth grade, I was super good in in, in elementary school. I was like, kind of like, I think I was like gifted, which is really yeah. really dumb. Right. A label, dumb label. But I was given a gifted label, and then I got taken out of class to go do play Other, games and right, play, right. You know, make puzzles. We're gonna observe Bradley. Yeah. We're gonna observe him because he's then, so smart. And then, and then, then homework started getting. There just started being more homework, and I wasn't interested in doing homework. So I. You wanted like, to perform. I did. I wanted. I was singing, and I didn't know I did, but I, I, I liked doing creative things. And did your parents? I like to make things. I made things all the time. Like, art. Like my mom taught me how to knit. And I, um, oh, I love Roberta. And she taught me. She was all into like seventies crafts. So we were always doing these weird. Crafts. So you bonded more with your mother than your father. You think? My dad took me to the ballet, and um, my dad was a kind of a softy. You know, my dad ballet. was. Sorry. My dad was a, a kind yeah. of a softy, and so. And Do you so, think you cultured. resented it? Do you think you resented that about him? That he was such a softy? No, I didn't. Oh, all right. I loved it. I loved the ballet, and I loved that he took me to the ballet. Do you ballet. think he was kind of gay a little bit? I don't think so. So you were like, were you the most talented kid in your high school class? Uh, well, no. you know how there were like so many people in the musicals that were like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna love you. 
and everyone's like, oh my God, she's so talented, you know? But there are rarely like really talented people in the musicals that are become fucking Tony winners. In high school, I was, I was, I was, um, Harold Hill. You were? Yeah. Wow. And um, Finch in the music, in um, How to Succeed. Okay. I mean, but I wasn't like that. I, was, I mean, I was super enthusiastic and very single track minded about it. And my teacher was really into that and wanting me to do it and go for it. And you got good grades. No, I didn't get good grades. You I was did an in the beginning. Student. I got in, when in elementary. You're right. jumping around like crazy. I, I in elementary school. <laughs> Oprah. In elementary school, I was in you know one thing, which was was really precocious and brainy. And then right. as soon as I got out of elementary school, it I started not being barely less interested right. in school because I was interested in these other things. So you're going. You're in. Uh, you're in the musical theater, and yeah. do you know you're gay? Correct. Yeah. San Francisco, 1975. I know. How is it? Okay, so I I know I'm gay, but I'm in the fucking suburbs of New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and you can't be gay. So what is it knowing you're gay and growing up in a gay mecca and having it all around you? I can't even fucking imagine. It's amazing. I mean, I didn't know it was amazing when it was happening. I was right. afraid of it. Right. I thought, what is happening? I didn't under, you know, and I didn't know that any other place in the world was different. Right. I didn't know that it was different in other places. So I, I heard maybe people talk about that comparison to up to different places, but I was just in it, so I didn't know. And you would but see I guys tell that, mm-hmm. walking down the street with their, like when you were in high school, people were affectionate? Yeah, yeah. But there was always that the thing that they always they, they still do now. You know how like there's the gay pride parade and then they put the freakiest person on the news. Yes, yes, yes. So there was always that like pu- pushing in forward the person in ch- in chaps and stuff right. like that on the street and like right. oh that's a, that's so provocative and stuff. And the normalcy of it was was very you had to look you had to be absorbed in it and go out in the world and pers- you know. To, to, to understand what it was, to, to appreciate it. Now, did your parents know you were gay? No. They had no but idea. But I, I also was, you know, it was an evolution of understanding for yourself. Right, what of it course. Is. Like you, put yeah. it, you push it aside and you think it's a thing that you can get rid of or right. any number of things. But I was super, I was super interested in sex. I was super interested in like reading about sex when I was like nine years old. My mom was really like forthcoming about like telling me about the birds and the bees and stuff like that and everything and and then I went to the library and I was reading all about sex from a really early age so I kind of was looking for it or I don't know what it was but I was like really into it and then I I was aware that San Francisco was like a place where this was happening that's so interesting that your mother was so open like that yeah, it is. I, I don't think of her that way now, actually. But my like, mother she was, was the one not that, Judith. Uh, so what happens is uh, yeah. the uh, penis gets hard. Well, and, uh, she did then, do it. No, she, she did. didn't. Oh, she did it. No, I thought oh. you had a baby, like you took a shit and the baby came out. I swear to God, that's what I thought. Yeah. No one told me a fucking thing. Apparently, my father told my brother um, and said to him, oh my God. this is how you do it. Um, I don't know much about your brother. Oh, you don't. My brother. You haven't said um, that much about your brother. He's a CPA actuary. Lives in Arizona. His yeah. wife's a dentist. Jewy, Jewy, Jew. Anyway, apparently my sister told me that um, my father said you can do it before you get married to him, and said to my sister you can't do it before you get married. Okay. Well, 
<laughs> I know. This is folklore. Gold, no. gold family folklore. So that's great that you, and so you well, would, She wouldn't have told me if I didn't ask her. I was like you, super like inquisitive and I'm sure it made her uncomfortable. Did you, do you think you, um, you, you miss that, oh my God, I'm gay. How am I going to live my life? Like this, I mean, I remember thinking, oh my God, I have to be in the closet for my whole fucking life. I'm never going to, I'm never going to, you know, find love. You know, did you, do you feel like, and the self-hatred and the shame and the, do you think you missed that boat because of San Francisco? No, I had my own version of it. It was really, you know, it's such an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. It's so, it's so, and yet I I was set up for success, I guess, because I lived there. But I felt the same kind of, uh, that gnawing feeling of not being normal. Right. And want, not knowing who you're supposed to tell or not tell and right. all of that stuff. And then feeling secret and uh, secretive and, and hiding things or whatever from your parents. I had this stash of Playgirl magazines. <laughs> really? My, mm-hmm, and that my mom found under the bed. No way! Yeah. And then I had to pretend or my I had to... I forgot what I did is I somehow my older brother tried to like bail me out or something and pretend like they were his or something. And cause he knew it was like, I was just so scared. What was he going to say? I want to be a doctor. I'm well, studying no, anatomy. I mean, just like, Oh, he had all, well, because he had a whole subscription to Playboy. Right. So he was like, you know, whatever. And he didn't, I don't remember. It was really well, traumatic. Your mo- how old were you? I was probably 13 or something like that. And what'd she say? I found there these. Was not, there was not much said, as I recall. How do you know this she found them? This is all like him? now that this is becoming therapy now. Because no. I, I never talk about this. Um, how did she know? Yeah, I mean, how did how do you know she knew? Like, did she say? I something? think she prob- I think she was she probably like a lot of parents that knew about me. I was like knitting and stuff. Right. You know. <laughs> right. And in the and, music- and in musical theater. Right. And, and so, but but for my mom. My mom has has selective, like a lot of moms, I think, she had selective um, comprehension about certain right. things. Like I was with Richie for many years, and they didn't. They thought we were like friends or something. Oh please! My you know, mother used to. Go. You know, like we would sleep in the yeah. go go to the room. We close the door, right. come out. They, you know, when they come to New York and stay yeah. with us. And then they were like, oh, you know, kind of surprised. When right. Came My out. mother would come to the apartment. We had Sharon. And I had one bedroom that had a day bed yep. and a desk, and there was always laundry on the day bed. And then there was another, this is before cell phones, kids. <laughs> and there was the one, one room with a queen-size bed and alarm clocks on each side. See, now people can be in the yes, closet right. better because there's no alarm clock. <laughs> so there was an alarm clock on each side, and my mother would come over and walk in and uh, walk in the bedroom with the queen size bed and say, "I don't want to kick Sharon out of her room." I'm like, "You're not kicking her out of her room. There's no clock. Hello, you know." And yeah, but I so, guess you know, really to th- analyze it, unless you spell something out, why would somebody right, like right. go there oh, for you? Please. Well, I mean, we I we, wait. We everyone play a called role. me Robert when I was a kid. Who did? Me. I said I had two na- I went through a phase where I had to be called Robert or Ringo. I swear to God. This you mean is- you wanted to be called? Yeah, Robert Ringo. Called- the name you picked was Robert. And, yeah, and then Ring- and Ringo, too. And then my cousin Elaine still calls Ringo, me Ringo. Ringo, I can understand. Robert. Robert. She calls call me Robert. She still calls And I cut my hair off, and yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, because, like, do you ever... <laughs> no, really, because I think about this all the time. I wore, like... 
Sometimes I wore my mom's dresses. And stuff I like used that. to go home and yeah. put on my father's clothes yes, right. and ties. So, so then I, you start thinking at some point, or you look back and you go, "Well, at what, what is my, what is that, <laughs> what is that fluidity right. within me, and how, how is there a level that it stops at, right. or something like that? You know, and what, and that and process of, like, I'm not trans. Yeah. Uh, you don't identify as trans, but then uh, clearly there's some kind but of But there barometer. was something where I had to go home and put on new yeah, men's yeah, clothes. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Bob? But <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was a fucking bad thing to tell you. Yeah. I just, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, fuck. So, all right, so you graduate high school and you go to San Francisco State University? Yeah, briefly, for like 20 minutes. For 20 minutes, and then you decide you're going to move to New York. Yeah, I had a, it was a terrible program for me. SFSU. Well, okay. I had this incredible teacher in, in high school, and then I went to... What was the teacher's name? Zora Chanis. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia Jew. Oh, I love you, Zora. Is she, she was gone? Great. Is yeah. she gone? Bye, Zora. Thank you. Um, and you move to New York, uh, and do your parent are your parents like you can't move to New York? No, no, they. She helped me get them to to, to get behind. Zora there. did. Yeah, she was all about the whole thing. She was about convincing me, and then she was about convincing them. So, and then you start working in dinner theater. I did work in some dinner theaters. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Like you're this. What well, was free food? And and you know you're and at this point you're gay, 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 gay. You're yeah. in New York, so you're even freer to be gay, 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 yes, gay, gay. Yes, that's true. Uh, but it is the middle of the AIDS crisis, correct? Or no, the beginning? It's, the, it's right pre. Right. It's, when I moved there, it was right before. So there was like a free period between in the first half of the eighties. Right. Yeah. Um, so I went to the, I went, I came to New York in the early 80s. Right. And that's when it was just, we found a disease. It was, that was when it was coronavirus. There was a few year, years of where there was nothing. Like right. 81, 82, 83. Yeah. And then 83, 84. It, it started, started, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what, you're a young gay guy. You moved to New York. Like, I know what that was like because I lived in New York. Yeah. Um, as a lesbo with gay male friends, you know, and, you know, going to these parties and thinking, oh, that one doesn't look so good, or uh, I wonder if... That party? That person? The person at oh, the party. okay. You know. Thinking what? They're not... They're, yeah, they're, are they... You can't make they, a connection to them. No, oh. I'm saying they look sick, you know. Oh, Lynn, yes. oh thanks. Okay, I didn't know we were I'm on sorry. that subject. I'm trying to be very I thought you were clear. talking about being a young gay person being social. Okay. No, so you're I'm saying... About, you, you're, you started to be reach... You're coming... Reach, you're, yeah, that's, the, that's the mid to late 80s. So what was it like? To me, that's, that's a, a dawning that occurred uh, in the late 80s where you realized the gravity of the situation. Right. Con we were constantly going to memorial services. Oh, it was, and, yeah. And, and in the business of, of, in show business, there was just this um, incredible uh, frequency right. to this, oh my goodness, this is happening in a very, it's actually really, you're bringing this up on purpose because of coronavirus, right? Because it's- No, it's, because I- I, mean, I you, It is a very relative kind of like, they think, oh, there was a time when we thought, oh, well, this can't be right. that big a deal. And then it became a big deal. And then it became life-changing, life-threatening right. big deal. And it really informed the, everyone of our generation. Right. It informs our behavior and our choices and our thoughts. You know, there are lots of gay men that are still really, um, 
today, very conflicted about um, condoms and things like that, you know, conflicted about what we perceive to be unsafe sex and what that means. And, and even though there are, there are kinds of sex you can have now that are different from the way that it was when we were in the middle of the crisis, people are still conditioned. They're still right, trained. But don't you think young gay boys are... Oh, I don't need to do that. Or it's it's a it's not ter- a terminal illness anymore. Or you know, I just feel like I think they do. They, yeah, I think some I, of them are, and I don't I don't know what that part. it is. But if their reality is different from my right. reality, it's very different. Yeah, it was su- it sucked. Yeah. So you work in dinner theater, and then you go. I know. All right, this is how my brain works. You fucking yeah. assholes. AIDS dinner theater. Okay. You then. Go to L.A. to take acting classes. Okay, yeah. I mean, mean, you're getting the the short version, but yes. Um, uh, What happened was I was doing the dinner theater thing, and I was doing a production of Joseph at... um, We're waiting. He was Jewish, right, Joseph? Joseph was Jewish. She doesn't know the music from Tekla. Oh. Oh. Do one song. One song. No. No, name a song. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Okay, forget it. Joseph. Okay. Anyway. Fine. Oh, failure. Okay. We have the same birthday. Yeah, they have the same birthday. And they're both mean to me. Okay. It's a mean sign. It's a mean birthday. It is? You know who's on my birthday? Who? F. Murray Abraham. Can you refer to now as our birthday? Yes, our birthday. Yeah. F. Murray. F. Murray. But you're a Scorpio. Uh huh. So am I. Okay. So. So I'm not mean. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. You know I'm not really mean inside. Fucking assholes. Fuck you. Okay. Okay. So I was in it. I was in Joseph, and then I got. I got the L.A. company, the L.A. company of Lacage. And so I went to to, um, L.A. And so then when I was in L.A., I started studying with this guy, Donald Houghton. What's his name? Donald Houghton. Jewish? Is he Jewish? Not famous. Uh, I think that's a borderline, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, How'd you find him? I never even heard of him. and I No, he's not famous. I just said he's not famous. Uh, Okay, whatever. But, you know, I took acting classes. I'm not fighting. You did? Um, Shut up! Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great It is high quality, and they are, when I say ready-to-eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and literally, you heat them for two minutes. Every week, you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. 
and they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get... 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. You get M Butterfly. How? I was I was doing like these bit parts in TV shows. Like, like, like what? Tell me. Like uh, Simon and Simon. And um, those are Jewish names, yeah. yeah. And th- those kinds of like those kind of like, networky you, shows. Like, I played the Photomat so- Boy and Simon and Simon. Oh, remember Photomat? Yeah. What? What? Like, what, did you feel like, oh my God, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, because I was, I was death, I was deeply afraid of 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 going of having to work in 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 stereotypical parts. And every time I got something that I could do without speaking with an it, accent, right, or in going into that territory, made me feel successful. So, and I did a few of them, so I right. felt successful. Did your agent, like, did you make that disclaimer when you went to, like, to your agent, look, I don't want to... I was with an Asian agent. With no. A, with only Asian clients. Oh. Who was that? Uh, well, the, 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 uh, the founder of the agency was named Bessie Liu, uh-huh. and her, she passed the agency on to this guy named Guy, Guy Lee was his name, and he was the... the Grand, you know, the uncle of all Asian actors that, and he handled most of them. Most wow. Of it was a big deal if you left him, you know. Right, because you you're disloyal. Yeah. And that meant you were going to like a regular firm or like a right. white, white, you know, agency or something. Like right. That. And he was really quite wonderful, but limited, but wonderful. Right. And, but he didn't have to be explained that stuff. Although, <laughs> in order to make a living, he had to kind of sell us down the river a little bit. Right. How long you know? were you with him? Several years. Okay. Were you with, so you were with him when you got M Butterfly? Yeah, I was, yeah. And so you, were you shocked? Like, how did you audition? Yeah. How did you get, well, like. He, he, um, uh, Guy had said, um, they want, there's this play, and would you like to audition for a play? And I said, no, because I was doing the Photomat Boy thing. Right. I was playing either Photomat Boy or like I was a Chinatown teenage gang member. Right. Or I was. <laughs> Um, uh, a waiter in a Chinese restaurant or something right. like that. And, and I was doing a lot of that. I was like making a living. I said, well, no, I'll stay here and I'm okay. And then, but then I had always really been 
trained and geared for being on stage and I loved the stage and I wanted to be, I had always wanted to be in a Broadway play or whatever. Right. So what, what, what is this thing to tell me what it is? And so he uh, didn't have a lot of information. He got me the script and the script was a play written by an Asian playwright and I never had experienced that before. Right. Simultaneously, I was studying with Donald about this whole concept of being a messenger. Like his whole philosophy was, if you adhere to this idea that you're a messenger, then you don't make cho selfish choices for yourself as an actor. You don't like choose to speak in some fancy accent that doesn't isn't appropriate, but you can tell from the script what it's supposed to be and you should stick to it and you should pretend like you were the person who wrote it so that you can kind of convey what it is that they're trying to convey. Right. And I was okay with that in concept, but you know, I, this, finally made me understand as I read this play, which had an Asian American man's point of view, what that could be like. Like, oh, I can, I right. can sell this story, this, this I get. Because you, you had no representation as a kid growing up on television. I had television. no representation, yeah. Zero. Yeah, I didn't. And, and that's, that was part of the whole trepidation about going into it in the first place. And it, it made me feel like I was doing stupid, a, a foolish thing. Right. And it made me feel like, um, I was doomed, right. really. So any glimmer of help, hope that you got, you got, um, you ran with it. Right. So you had to audition in New York, right? Mm -hmm. So you fly back from LA. I fly to LA. I was doing this this little musical called Mail at um, in LA. M A L E or M A I L. M -A -I -L. Michael Rupert. Okay. And um, a bunch of famous people actually were in it. Who? Uh, 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 Stokes Mitchell was in it. Oh, no. Brian. Um, um, uh, 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 I'm losing my I'm losing my mind now. I can't remember. Okay, go ahead. But uh, Robert Mandon from Soap. Oh yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Robert, um, I love that name, Robert. Yeah. Uh, remember Soap? Yes, I love Soap. Love Soap. That was first gay. The first, first gay, gays. Yeah. yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Uh huh. So, so I, um, I was in this, the musical, I was like in, in like I had a little part and then I had to rush to the, had to arrange it so that I could come back and be in the, sh do the show that night. And I, and I went to have this audition. Anyway, um, I auditioned, um, in this strange, it was on theater row where it is now where all those theaters are, Oh um, yeah, well, but they were all shitty little like storefronts at that time. On 42nd. On 42nd Across Street. Across the street from West Bank. Yeah. Okay. It was the Doug Fairbanks or the whatever, yeah, but they yeah, had yeah. little, they were not good then. Right. And they, and, and they were really cold and drafty and they were really old. And, and, and I had this audition and then I was called back for that afternoon. I was told to go have breakfast with the, um, director and I, I was very Wait, green you, about it. I didn't so understand had, what no, was happening. Isn't that the best like my, when yeah. you don't know because you don't give it any pat? You're like, oh, this I kind is of, cool. I yeah. kind of, I don't miss it, but I kind of, yeah. I thought I was really, it was very, I was very naive about the whole right. thing. Right. I had a friend, Ray, who was a friend of mine from LA that said, I'm going to come to New York with you. And he kind of flew with me, you know, he on his own. Ray, um, Cochran. Was his name. So cock, were you touching his cock no. ring as well? No. All right, go ahead. I wonder what happened Shut to him up. though. What? I'm gonna have to look him up. Yeah. Say. Um, what Ray, what Ray Cochran's doing? Anyway, Ray Ray said I'm gonna come with you, and then after the audition, he said, "Well, how did it go?" And I said, "It wasn't very good because I didn't feel like I had done what I wanted so to do." You just walk in, and they're all sitting with behind the table, like yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not that many. It was actually the director, the woman who was the composer, a few other people, casting directors, and stuff like that. 
anyway, I didn't feel like it went well. And I had worked my ass off with Donald to, to try to do really well. But then Ray said, well, what happened? And I said, it was not good. And I was really disappointed and I felt really down. And I was really let down because the whole buildup of getting on right. a plane is like, did you ever like test for a pilot? Oh, and yeah. You go, you go out, it's terrible. And you're like, oh my God, they really want me. Yeah. yeah. And then it's over. And then right. before you know it, it's, there's not, there's, it's like jumping off a cliff or something like that. So, so I was very disappointed it was over. And, and then I said, and he said he wanted me to come to the um, hotel and meet him for breakfast. And so then Ray was like, Do you, you know, hello, you know, yeah. that's like a thing. And I said, oh, really? That would happen? Like, I thought it was just like a courtesy that you right. came to Oh, yeah, because people are so courteous yeah. in this right. business. And it yeah. wasn't. It was like he was really interested in me. And so Did I, you work on, like, being a woman, like, with your acting teacher? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I had an instinct for it. I had just done, I had a, a, a year or so before I had, I had minimal drag experience in La Page. And I and had a sensibility. I used to wear my mom's dresses and stuff right. like that. So I had this sense of me, of that side of me that I never accessed before as a performer. But your body, like the way you moved your body in that show. I mean, you were a one. So is that when you decided it was not going to be Bradley anymore? It was going to be BD? Because I know you did that so no yeah, one would I know did. your gender. No, no, the, the, Stuart Ostro was the producer. And right. Stuart Ostro asked, Stuart Ostro, yeah. Uh, God, this and is, you know it was like Ostrowitz Bergstein before that. Yeah, go ahead. At Ellis Island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he asked me if we could somehow disguise my name. Oh. And I said, oh, okay, um, I'd be fine with that. And my dad, my dad's nickname was BD when he was young. And so I was happy doing that because right. it was my dad's nickname. And then it never got... I was going to put it back afterwards. Right. I was going to change it back because I thought, well, I'll just go back to it after the show's over. But then it just... It, didn't, it took it off. Did, yeah. So you have no idea how big this show is going to be. But you're with no. John Lithgow. And in fact, it was very dicey and it almost right. didn't come in. Right. And, and I was with John Lithgow, who was a big star at that time. Right. Even. And opening night, is, do your parents come? Well, first of all, we tried out in Washington, D.C. Okay. okay. Now, not to belabor the whole story, but it, it, is, it was interesting because the show almost tanked. Right. Like, they lost a million dollars. Somebody pulled out in the middle of it. They weren't sure if it was working. And I felt this really sent, strong sense of um, uh, pressure because right. I thought, if it doesn't work, it's because of me. It's, if it doesn't... If it, and how old are you? You're like 27. 27. Okay. And, and then... Um, I remember one thing that happened was that 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 guy told me as as we were getting ready for rehearsal that they want to put a clause in your contract that you'll agree to a nude scene. And I was really like very alarmed by this. This is way before like right. alarming like me too or anything. We didn't right. know anything about harassment or anything. And I was I was very like put on guard and then I said I no I, I don't think I want to do that um, what is that about they said well actually David's rewritten the play and he's rewritten the final scene with the nude scene in it I said oh okay so send me the scene I read the scene I said oh okay this makes sense I will do this and um, to make a long story short the, 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 the director John Dexter who was notoriously mean like like, like really mean right. not like my, me, my kind of mean um, n- Promised me we'll stage the that we'll stage the scene so that you're really comfortable and everyone will leave the room and 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 then we'll do it like we'll do it towards in tech or whatever right. so that you can feel comfortable about how you're going to position your body because you're not standing there like fully right. frontal nudity it's all kind of 
staged properly. Maybe you know, it's not like you're going to hide anything, but you're not going to no cover gonna, up, and you're right. not going to. And no it's one's going to. It has say, to look exactly yeah. right. And so I thought it was really great. And we were doing the first preview of the show in the middle of the show. At that when that scene came, I thought we didn't do that. We never did it. I was always just thinking how I would do it and right. doing it the way I thought I would do it. And I never really dropped Trow until that, that performance. Wow, in front of the audience. Yeah, I don't know how we got through the whole tech without it. Because it was like tech, oh yeah, you know, it's just tech. Don't yeah. really do it. And so I never really did it. And then we were there in a matinee with a bunch of like 600 old white hair ladies. Jews, no doubt. Yes. Bridge Club, Mahjong. I'm sure my mother was there. And yeah. The, and, <laughs> and 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 um, it, the, the moment came, and they, they had I had these I had these purple silk boxer shorts with pennies weighted in them, and I opened the snaps of the fly, and I dropped, I let go, and they just fell down, and there was a big drum, uh, like a big <gasps> a big kind like the, of um, musical cue, right? That, that stuff, and. The show completely stopped for like five minutes for people screaming, screaming. Like screaming like what? Like a baseball game, like a like a someone hit a grand slam oh, or like, something. Oh, like white, like, like. It was like, like they just were, they couldn't. It, I, I'm actually not sure why any individual person was screaming. I just heard screaming. <laughs> I can't tell you why, right? I can't, all I well, can tell is like a baseball game. Well, because they thought you were a woman the whole yeah. time. It is kind of. Right? Why, yeah. Well, also women. We know uh, it's women, not because it was huge. No, I mean women. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Shut up. You're not. No one's on my side tonight. No, I'm kidding. Like, no, I'm sure it's because they were like, oh, because you're we're so fucking great. Yeah, but also they were looking at my ass and that makes them scream. <laughs> you know, they see an ass all of right. a sudden where they didn't where there wasn't was where there was not before. Did you did John Lithgow? So we so yeah. he's upstage and I'm downstage and I'm my back is to the audience and he's up on this thing and I'm we're just looking at each other for five minutes. Like just going like this. <laughs> and he's he's has to act. I don't have to act. Right. They can't see my face. So he can't start until they stop screaming. Yeah, he, and then he goes on with the play. And, then, and, and so, so that is the moment, actually, after a, an investor pulling out and all of this stuff. That is the moment when they knew the play would work. And that we this were coming This is in. the moment. Anastasia was in it, Jekyll and Hyde. Wow. That's fascinating. That, so the first preview, did, did, John, did you notice anything different from John? What do you like, mean different? Because he had... Well, oh, it was it was electric. Like it right. was like the, the the scene then from that went on. The the big meaty scene is after that moment, right. and then that whole scene played like like was it like amazingly, and then, then it was we knew that there was something to the whole concept of it. Okay, and it was a great relief. Now then we came to New York, and then right. there was an opening. Yeah. Okay, how was that? It was incredible because my mom and dad and you know we rode the. We rode horses in Central Park, and, you know, like we went the carriage thing and all that. And they, I put them in a room in the plaza, which was oh still a plaza hotel. Oh my God, you're such a good son. Well, they, we just went the whole. We did the whole, the whole. What about Brian thing. and Barry? Did they come? Brian and Barry. Brian couldn't come. Barry and Doris came, Aww. and that was. It was wonderful. So you won the most awards, theater awards, for that part that anyone has ever won. 
for a Broadway role. I suppose if I put it in my bio, then I'm bragging about it, and then when you'd say it like that, I have to accept it. Yes, that is what I, I would say. accept it. <laughs> it was. No one has won that many awards for a role since. I mean, that is fucking unbelievable. So you're at the Tonys, okay? I, all right, first of all, the earring that you were wearing, I wanted to kill you. You wore an earring. Yeah. And I was I like, oh my God, if I wore an earring, he would totally fucking make fun of me. Um, you wore an earring. You you had brown glasses. I, I watched glasses. this whole thing the uh, other night. Okay. <laughs> Did I, I, you I, have any idea that you were going to win? Uh, uh, no, yes, no, no. You know, like I was in, I was pushing it away. I was pushing all, all like signs and signals away from me and I would like go on these long walks by myself and try to like reset my my expectations but when you when you found out you were nominated I got myself into trouble because um, when I got the part when I was re when I auditioned for the part I told Ray I said whoever gets this part is gonna get a Tony Award I said, there's no question about it. Right. It's like it's such a fucking great part. And then I got the part and I was like, oh fuck, I should never have said that. <laughs> and, and then I, I just, I really, de I desperately did not want to be disappointed. And I, 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 to this day, I am the same way about, about expectations about opening nights or reviews or I don't right. read reviews and stuff like that. I because know. I feel that that's, it's so separate from the actual work that you're doing. Right. So it, it, it tends to fuck things up. Right. When, when I, if I've read a review, I've done, I've learned my lesson. Then every time I get to the point. The part they talk about. Yeah. yeah. You, all you do is think about that. Yeah. Um, so you're sitting there and they say B.D. Wong. And yeah. you're 27 years old. Yeah. Which seems old to me now when I think about 21-year-old people and stuff like that. Oh, right? my God. What? what but I was. What, like, did your heart beat you? Like, cause you, you ran up to the stage. My, my, yeah. I, my date was Brian, my brother. Oh. Who couldn't come to opening night. Okay. So he, this was, this was, this, this was the payback for that. Okay. And he was a leveler. He was really there because I was saying, we're going to have a good time. We're not going to talk about it that much. It's not that big a deal if I don't win. It's, it should actually be the expectation that we don't win. Right? Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. Are you good with that? And he was like, yes, absolutely. And then I, I see him every once in a while, like, apparently, like, praying. Or like, oh. kind of like, I'm thinking, oh, you're ruining this. So, but anyway, they call. I don't remember. Did I just remember running and going. I don't want to, I don't, you know, I just But remember. you didn't pull out a piece of paper or anything. No, and I went on for, like, what feels like 20 minutes. No, it was short. I, I, I remember it being interminable. Did your life change after that? Like, did your career change? Did your, I mean, yeah. look, the, years ago, if a comic in the 60s did Johnny Carson or, yes, or you know, right, Ed Sullivan, right, right. that was it. Yeah. Was. I didn't feel like that. I mean, I'm, I have no complaints. I'm very happy. I'm happy to be sitting here with you now and talking about about all this stuff and all the right. things that I've done. I'm happy to do right. them. And but 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 it wasn't like I became a star star you know like it wasn't like well, I, I, I knew you know, I knew about I mean like you yeah know. but I mean what I'm saying is the 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 parts that I got offered were not like star parts did you you know I've heard you say I think they thought I was a little off they weren't sure what to do with me right yeah because you're playing like a woman a nowadays I think there was there's more of a market for right. someone who has those that skill of set. course yeah
you then, after M. Butterfly, you go to, uh, you do Charlie Brown. Yeah, I mean, M. Butterfly, that's 10 years later. Yes. Mm -hmm. You do Charlie Brown. Uh You're playing Linus. Yeah. And Charles Schultz has to okay that an Asian yeah, person uh-huh. can yeah. play Linus. Well, he has to okay all the choices that Michael's making, the director and the production. And I think that was part of the um, uh, package of it. And yes, he did, yeah. And he, they did. And it was 1998, and so at that time, I guess we were ready for that. Right. Now There wasn't a lot of backlash or people being right. upset about it. There was a black Schroeder. Right. You uh, and a human Snoopy. In between, and Butterfly, and um, and Good, uh, whatever the well, fuck, Charlie yeah. Brown. Mm-hmm. You were cast on the first Asian American mm. family on television, uh, starring Margaret Cho. I was, yeah. Yes. Um, Let's talk about the Asian people in that show. That was like that was the okay. hard. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the, here's the deal. It was first of all, I, and I've heard you talk about this so many times that that expectation of wanting to be a leading man and knowing yeah. that and, and and through your career, not getting leading man parts oh, simply because you're Asian. Yeah. Um, but you've sort of accepted this character actor sort of role. I love that part of right. it. And I and actually, w- really, in, in recent months or years, it's the parts have gotten better. Right. But I'm not, I, you know, I would like to care, I like the opportunity or the, the responsibility or the challenge of carrying something. Right. What we call carrying something. Okay, so you get cast on this pilot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yeah. It's Margaret, it's Jody Long, Jody it's Long. Clyde Kusatsu. Clyde Kusatsu. Uh, it's Amy um, Hill. Hill. Uh, you. Yeah. It's, uh, what was his name, the son? J.B. Kwan. J.B. Kwan, Matt, Maddie Corman, yeah. and Judy Gold! Figures my first, you know, series regular job is on an Asian American family, and I'm six three. So um, that all right. So it was groundbreaking because it was the first Asian American family, but it was fucking sanitized to the point that Margaret couldn't be herself. Yeah, it, it was. I mean. I love, I mean, we bonded, yeah. like, the th- the greatest thing about that show was the friendships yeah. I got out of it, but it was a little bit torturous, getting those torturous scripts. Torturous, and, and, and it was getting those scripts, and, and us being young and kind of idealistic and wanting best for it, right. and, and feeling the potential... And then it being kind of corporate, right. you know, Disney. Remember, like the whole thing about her Margaret's Angora sweater, and like yeah. she, you know, them having to approve her sweater and yeah. stuff like that. And, and telling I had, her I had to a lose big weight. fight with them yeah. about my hair. They wanted me to cut my hair, and I and I didn't want to cut my hair because right. I thought I was creating this role and stuff like that. And right. I, I should have just cut my mouth shut and cut my hair. Right. It was Disney, you know. It was like a whole thing. You and, and I didn't get that, and, right? And it became clear as we went along. You, uh, we were both when the pilot got picked up for a series. Mm-hmm. We both were looking for um, places to live, 
and you gave me your sloppy seconds, and I love that house. On, on Windsor Boulevard, remember that? You're like, I have the perfect house for you on Windsor Boulevard. You had... Because I had passed on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I had it for years. You did? Yes, I kept it for years. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, we would also have dinner. Well, like, we were like... Toy, yeah. We Toy were like a family. Food. We were. We got. We had dinner all the time with, with Maddie and, 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 and Margaret. Margaret. And we talked and we about everyone behind like, their backs. Yeah, and we were, um, what do you call it, Com um, commiserating together yes. about the, the experience the whole time. You know, like trying to figure out, you know, like troubleshooting it. Trying right. to figure out why, why it had to be so tortured. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> Terry Hughes directed. Uh -huh, yeah. And, is he still alive? I believe so, yeah. And one of the writers murdered his wife and is in jail, J.J. <laughs> Wall. Remember? Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. This is true. Yeah. And, um, but we wanted it to stay because we loved the money. Didn't yeah, you love we, the money? I mean, we're in the, the money. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. But yes, that's true. But, but we also, there was a, an opportunity that was totally missed and there was something heartbreaking about that. It right. Was like totally missed. Now. Because the potential to, to have a show starring Margaret even today, is right. still incredible. Right. And like how, well, how that hasn't fixed itself is, is, is really tragic. Um, and you see, you know, uh, the the 2020 version of that is, is right. the show that I'm working on with Aquafina. Nora Aquabina, from Queens, Which I is know. cut from the same kind of um, but, energy, you know, like a, 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 a forceful star personality, Asian American, and writing a show around her. But right, this but it doesn't talk about, it's like a family. It's like uh, it's a more real yeah. family, and it's it's it, it doesn't sanitized. I guess is a good word. The way that the word that you use, sanitized. Right. That they, to be super honest, it was a white version yes. of an Asian family. Right. It was there were no there was there was maybe one Asian writer, but but there was not a lot of Asian energy creating it the way there is with with Nora's show. Right. And and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. It just makes it such a tremendous difference. It's um, like trying to write a straight version of a gay. Show, right, you know, but we did a, we did go to San Francisco for that stupid yeah. Reebok thing, yeah. and we all had dinner with your family. Yes, oh, that was so fun! And oh my god, and, I feel we were like riding god. in yeah. a limousine, and, yeah. and Reebok was giving us free sneakers, sneakers, and we thought we were just we like, just thought we were the fucking yeah. greatest thing. Yeah, um, were, you were with Richie at this at this point? Uh -huh, yeah. Um, how how did you meet Richie? And, and I met Richie when I was in M Butterfly. And he was he became your manager. He became my agent. Yeah. Your agent. Yeah. And then you married him. No, of. I never married him. Well, you know what I mean. Not oh. marry, marry. Oh well, yeah, I, mean, I can't no, say that anymore. No, there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever, Mr. Perfect. Um. So that show. I'm saying that because I'm actually married to somebody oh, that's now. Right. I know. So, that you know, was a fun wedding. You anyway, so the show and well we. Our, the, my, the best episode, of course, was when I walked around naked. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was. Uh, some camera guy was like, Ugh, and I, I got him fired. Hard? I don't think he got fired. I oh. just was like, I have to be naked, and he's making me feel uncomfortable. Right, but you weren't naked. No, I had a I had a uh, flesh colored bodysuit on, but I was skinny then. <laughs> I was like, I I can't, and I thought I was fat. Anyway, and then we got canceled. Yeah. But you did, did you get canceled? Oh, no. I got phased out. 
You got phased out. They started out. concentrating on Margaret and her friends. Friends, right. And and I guess why well, wasn't cool enough to be her friend. But then they wanted to make it friends. Yo, no, and then they, she moved in with Amy, her grandmother. Right. Which oh, is, yeah, that's right. They kept Amy. Yeah. And because uh, Amy got a lot of laughs. Yeah. And then, yeah. And we were all fucking thrown to the curb. We, the, the main thing that I remember is that we had really good times and that we worked really hard and that we had great expectations and then we just kind of watched it kind of fizzle, fizzle out. Fizzle out. Gary Jacobs. Thank Together, you. yeah. So. And we learned a lot of lessons, I think. I mean, I think I have a perspective on it that I didn't have before about how to create a situation that would really work and that authenticity and that bringing people together that can help someone's vision, like Margaret's vision, right. come to fruition is absolutely essential. Right. And that we were hungry enough and our self-esteem was low enough back then to go, oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you right, for this right. opportunity. However you want to do it is great, but we, we'll do, we're just happy to be in it. We, we can't do that anymore. We have right. to say, actually, no, actually, if we're going to do it, then we have to do it and it has to be her point has, of view and right. it has to be really her truth. And that's how it's going to be good for you, too, because it's going to be authentic and the audience will respond to it right. because of it. it. There's no that's it, that's a kind of a no brainer now. Right. But then it was. Yeah, it was it like was not pulling like fucking teeth yeah, out of them. It was. So you end up, you know, then Charlie Brown and then um, how did S first of all, how did SVU come about? SVU came about because I had done six seasons of Oz on HBO. Now, Oz, you played, I know, you played a priest. I did, yeah. You played a Catholic priest, yeah. which you said you kind of liked because did, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Asian specific. No, it wasn't. And you were sick of being doctors. I was and then totally it, sick of being doctors. And I heard you hate, I read somewhere that you hate lab coats when you go to a uh, When you go to the fitting. fitting and you see the lab coat there, your heart breaks right. a little bit. Yeah. So you don't go into Kiehl's, is that correct? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have to wear the lab coat at Kiehl's. No, yes. I fucking, why do they wear lab coats at Kiehl's? They're not scientists. Yes. They I, work at, fuck, they walk, they walk out, they all have glasses, and, all, and they're like, oh, can I help you? And I'm like, you're not a fucking dermatologist. Like, I know. It's so annoying. Okay. Disneyland. So Oz, Oz, you were very critically, of course, you're part, you're critically acclaimed actor. Thank you. Yes. Then you get, <laughs> do you get SVU? Right after, yeah, I got that. And, and Jackson had just been born. So you and Richie decide that you want to have kids. And yeah. you get a surrogate. Yes. And you use Richie's sister's egg and your sperm. Yeah. And Shauna. And Shauna. Shauna um, gives birth to twins. Yes. And unfortunately, Boaz passes. But Boaz was the... Shauna gave birth 12 weeks prematurely. Right. As, as that happens sometimes. Yes. And, 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 and she, we... So that as a result, Boaz didn't make the didn't survive the birth, and Jackson but did. You you say something so beautiful about Boaz is that he 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 was getting the 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 nourishment from Shauna, and and uh, Jackson was getting the nourishment from Boaz. Yes, so that's right. He was the conduit. They had a condition where, yeah. as identical twins, one of them gets more than the other, and one of them becomes anemic as a result, and the other one becomes over. Um, I forgot the word. Uh, it's it's too much blood. Right. Uh, and and so Period it menstrual. was as if it was because they were connected to each right. other that. Um, 
Why do you make me do this? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that, that what you said. Right. <laughs> and you wrote the most beautiful. E- I was on your friend's email list, and you wrote the most beautiful emails while you were going through this process. Yes, because it was a coping mechanism. Because right. it was like, oh, like help me, help me get through this. It was like the beginning of email. Actually, it was right. like 2000, uh, 2000, and we were kind of. We were emailing, but we weren't all kind of, we were still learning about it right. or whatever. We were getting into it. And I was trying to um, take advantage of this technology. And, and, I, and, I, and I sort of reached out. I could reach out to 90 people at the same time. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write to my family and say, hey, we're having an operation. We, you know, this is the situation. I, the first email I wrote explained to all these expectant relatives and friends, this is what happened. It didn't work out the way that we thought it would, but this is what it is. And, you know, please root for us or whatever. And then well, I'll be writing to you again because in a couple of weeks, Jackson's, I think, is going to have an operation. And he did have an operation in the next couple of weeks. So I sent a little kind of thing. As I kept writing these emails weeks after week, I got more into it and I got more kind of and, dramatic and, 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 and funny. actually funny about it. Yeah. You know? you, the well, humor it was a coping was, mechanism, yeah, you know. Of and I thought, well, I also wanted people to read them. So I thought, well, they're not just going to read these like right. clinical, boring, they uh, weren't tired. clinical. No, but that's why I tried oh, to wow, make yeah, them. Yeah. Not oh, that sorry. Way. So I was I was working hard to kind of make them entertaining, and 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 then by the end of it, there were like a thousand people that were all kind of following along and passing them on and forwarding them to other people. And then we took him home. Oh, to make and long he's so beautiful, isn't he? He's beautiful. He's such a beautiful person. I wonder if he's here this evening. No, he's not. Is he? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh. His cover is blown. His I'm sure you would have blown. liked to have sat He's there the whole time. He's such a great Boaz D- Dove and, and Benjamin. Benjamin's middle name is Dove, too. Yeah. Jackson's so fucking great. All right, but we'll get to him in a second. You came out in 2003. Yeah, because because the emails became a book, and then the right. book was being peddled, and I thought, oh wow, this means I'm coming out. It was really surprising. So, but had you thought about coming out before publicly? Okay, so this is we're talking about. Publicly. I mean, we all knew. At, yes, on, we all at, knew in '94 yeah. that you were a bit queer. I'm sorry, yeah, I keep touching my hair. I'm just so, so well. I know because you're so gay. Yeah. 2003. 2003. Yeah. So we out. came. Yeah, the book comes out, and I and I, and I realized that that was a. Uh, uh, whatever, coming clean or whatever, you know, like kind of like just setting the record straight, whatever. Did you, was it uncomfortable for you before that when you were doing like interviews and stuff? It was. It was like because I wasn't ready to do it and so I was always trying to control it. Right. Control is always going to be the The worst thing you should try to do. Yeah, you can never be in a situation, especially in a like an interview situation where you try to control something. Right. You just have to be open to it and let it happen. Right. And um, so I would do, I would not be able to do that before, and then all of a sudden I didn't have to do it anymore. Right. And, and I, it's I so felt, freeing. It's and I I can, I think it was actually kind of surprised how freeing it was. Right. I knew it would be freeing, but I didn't realize. And then you know, also Jackson, you know, is of a generation that doesn't really have the same kind of oh my god i know conflict about it that we had that we were that was installed into us by our parents or right. by our people how what the time that we lived in he doesn't have that as much so it's less of a big deal 
it's nice to know that that thing exists, but it, 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 for him, I don't think he feels it the and same way. And it's so interesting having kids. Henry was born in 96, and I had I came out, too, because uh-huh, I was yeah. like, I'm not going to get on stage and lie or, yeah. or make or, up shit. I had so much material. Or fudging it. Yeah. Yeah. I had so... Oh, right. I, you yeah. wanted to share it because it right. was great Right, and material. I had really good material. Anyway, um, and it, it it's... It's freeing. It definitely affected my career. I don't know if it yeah. had any effect on your career. It did. Oh, I mean, I, I think it, every. I think it was positive for me because I was positive, and it was. Right. It, it was bad for you. Well, it was like first you're too Jewish. Oh right, right. And then pigeonholing. Oh, and and it was also. And I never wanted to be a lesbian comic. I wanted to be a comic who happened to be a lesbian. Yes. I wasn't going to get on stage and just talk about oh I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian, I'm a lesbian. I just. I just wanted to be a great comic, yeah. and who happened to be a lesbian and proud, you know. Yeah. But I did, What kind of message is it to your kids if you hide that? Like, oh, we're, we don't talk about that in public, yeah. you know. Um, That's right. And and grow and having these kids like Jackson and, and Henry and Ben, where it's like, you know, them as young kids saying, "Wait, why can't you get married?" You yeah. know, like I don't yeah. understand. Like they literally had no idea why we were different yeah. than other families. Yeah, and have to explain to them the concept of the discrimination or right. the, the pain when they don't feel it themselves. It's right. not really swirling around them. The and that way. they have to come out as well. They have to come out right. every day. Yeah. Like, no, my, my, my father's not tall. I don't even know how tall. My father's <laughs> like the size of a sperm. But um, so you come out in 2003. You get SVU. Do you know when you starting SVU, you have a child, and you you know that this show is going to be on for twenty five years? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I was I came in in the second season second of season. it. Yeah. No, I didn't. I mean I took the job because I didn't want to leave him. I didn't want to leave town because I didn't like going right. to LA, which I don't really like anyway. Same. And, uh, and I wanted to, con- and I got a contract, you know, like a contract to be in a show that shot in New York. I but mean, it was were the you like, thing oh ever. my God, p- pinching yourself? Yes, like- I was. I didn't realize that. Fast forward a few years later, that I'd be kind of bored later, right. and, and 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 rightly, I mean, you know, understandably so. And I'm not, I don't mean to complain about it because it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and it cre- afforded me exposure, and everything that came with it was fantastic. But you never, well, that's the, you know, the point is you don't, you never know anything. Right. You never, you don't know, and butterfly, whatever, you don't know you don't, what's going to happen. Your life can be, can change yeah. in 10 minutes. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. Wow. So you're on it for 11 years. I'm on it for 11 You know what was so yeah. great? You know, Henry was addicted to SVU. Like, which he was like yeah, he, always. did you let him watch it when he was little oh my god he would watch it he started like in middle school and then he started saying like we would have fights and he'd be like that's false and I'm like no Henry no one talks like that <laughs> in a fight <laughs> and, or uh, he'd be like I'm calling the the children blah 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 you know Child so, yeah. yeah right uh, so he would always like and then he didn't want me to talk about when he was in junior high. He didn't want me to talk about him in my act. He's like, I'm getting a cease and desist. I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, and one time, actually, I was doing uh, Love Loss and What I Wore. Uh-huh. And I was with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. And Henry's like, oh, my God, she's in the best episode of SVU. She's so good. She's so good. So I go Do to rehearsal. Do you know her by name or face? 
Uh, no, he knew her by face. Uh-huh. I said, Melissa Joan Hart, like, and he looked her up, and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, she's in the best episode of um, SVU. And I go into rehearsal, I go, oh my God, my son, he's like 14, he loves you. He said, you're in the best episode ever of SVU. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet and interesting, because I, I played a child rapist? Yeah. Um, yeah. I raped a 13-year-old boy. I was like, oh! Well, great. So, can I get a photo or, you know. Um, but when I, he knew that I knew you, it was, I got a fucking feather in the cap. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, I'm friends with BJ. And he's like, oh, yeah. So, uh, you decide to leave SVU. Uh-huh. After 11 years. Uh-huh. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, opening that check and, I and know. being yeah. home and sleeping in your own bed. Sleeping in your own bed. Yeah. But but 11 years, you know, that was a good amount of time. Right. It was Were a they good amount of like, time. Ha, did, was that, did you, you It know. was a conscious thing, like, okay. Did you talk I, to Richie about I had, it? I had, no, we were by that time separated. Okay. I think. Um, and, and so what I think what happened, I think this is 2011. Yeah, 2000 to 2011. Right. Um, I was... I was ready to do something else. That's all there is to it. I was ready to do something else, and I could not do that something else unless I left. So then I was, and I think it also had been going on for maybe two or three years that I felt that way. So by then, it was like, okay, I'm really going to do it. So it wasn't just like all 11 years, suddenly I decided it. It had built up over the over the of uh, the last four, three or four years. How soon before you left did you and Richie... Um, separated. We separated, actually, closer to 2003. Okay. Yeah. So you have a little boy. Mm-hmm. You're sharing custody. Yeah. Um, you're a single parent. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, ish. You're sharing. And you're doing the show. And then you're like, I don't want to do the show anymore. Yeah. Um, right. And does your agent go, what the fuck is wrong with no. you? No, my manager really? actually. Yeah. Uh, your manager. I said I'm really ready to do this and can we get something else? Do you think we can get something else or what 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 right. do you think? And and that and they they supported me. Wow. Do you think behind your back? Well, they they had I, You're right though. I mean, they're like this. They they don't yeah. want to let go. They yeah, don't they're always let go. like, you sure? Yeah, because you know they, it's going to be really hard, but blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah, And we know why they are and because they're counting because them. my 10% isn't yeah. coming in. Yeah. Yeah. But they were great. That's I think a, that my me being unhappy was really a big part of it. I said, I, I just don't want to, I just think it's time. And, I, and I, I, I think subconsciously I knew that the work that I had done prior to that was far more interesting. Like it was soul satisfying. Right, you were, yeah. I was what, what I have now described as a character actor. Like I feel like I'm more of a character actor. Right. And I'm my, more myself when I'm trying to do something kind of wild, something different. And this was very And you've been done like Father of the Bride yeah. and done other movies. How did you meet Reichert? I met Reichert at a at a, um, a, a. I say it better than you do. Oh. You Reichert? say Reichert and I say Reichert because I'm a Jew. Okay, well. And if you ask Reichert, he would say, "Oh, Judy says it correctly." Yes, he would. Yeah. He likes you very much. I love him. He's so. First of all, he's smart and he's hot. Okay, so go ahead. True. All true. All right. Where'd you meet him? At a party. You know, not not really the most interesting thing. Oh, boring? Yeah. And did you know right away? No. I thought this isn't really Gonna happen. my thing. Yeah. yeah. 
And and then and then it, we just ended up. It just turned out to be one of those things where I wanted to be with that. Per I wanted to hang out with that person more. I, my my just my body my my whole. You're physically yeah. I just no. I just felt I want that that, that works for me. Whatever that is, the right. energy. And I wanted to have it again and again. And and then I kept go going back to have more dates. And it went on for the better part of like a year and a half where we didn't take ourselves seriously at all. Um, like he was, he was into it and I was into it, but we never would say anything serious about it at all. Right. And, and then, then who proposed to who? Um, I proposed, um, um, controlling. I propo what? Controlling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, no, because he knew that it was up to me because I was the person that was not a particularly marriage. I didn't right. think of myself as a marriage person. I didn't. I, I'm totally a marriage person now. But I, I thought, oh, I, I, you know, can we just kind of just keep doing what we're doing? Right. It's really great. So when Richie ends up marrying Jordan Roth. Yes. Um, does he meet Jordan about, like, before you've, you met Reichert? Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. meet Reichert for many years. For many years after we broke up. I didn't meet Reichert until... And were until you jealous of, like, Richie and... No. You're too uh, mature. My, my, I can't my, take it. We had a... We had, Jackson had a nanny named um, um, Eugenia, who was a wonderful older woman from Bolivia. And she couldn't believe that I, I, I didn't... I didn't a shoe Jordan. She just really. Yeah, she's like I would just scratch his eyes out. She said, <laughs> and and I thought that was amusing because really, right. I had no inclination to scratch Jordan's eyes out. Did your did your professional relationship with Richie end when your relationship it, relationship it, they, ended? it kind of evolved. Okay, and then, and then 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 Richie stopped being an agent. Actually, kind of retired from being an agent. Now Became after so you did Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is huge. I mean, you're like a fucking major character in a fucking Yeah, but I wasn't in the beginning. Not in the beginning, but yeah. you did that. You did that with that character, don't you think? Well, what happened, to be quite honest, was that they 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 left this character completely unattended in the first movie. He he didn't die. He didn't nothing happened to him. Right. He wasn't even explained. And then years and years later, um uh Colin Trevorrow was taken on the role of trying to revive the, the, the franchise and write a s proper sequel to the original movie. Where There were two other movies, right. but they're not really sequels to that movie. And so he, in, in doing that, had to kind of like look to see who wasn't dead. You know, kind of right. look, kind of kind of revive whatever there was to revive and that that was the only character that had any kind of wow. uh, legs to it you are fucking so, so lucky, I'm lucky. Yeah. you know you're oh, lucky yeah, i do i do yeah. um you uh that was the luckiest thing ever did you did, did but you, it was partly because of a, there was a partly a racial thing i think you know like they didn't care about the asian guy right. they were not that into him they didn't think he was had legs to him or right. wasn't you know so i was like uh, you know it's kind of the right it kind of made itself right as far as i'm concerned um I heard you did uh, Pippin and left your computer on top of the car. Is that correct? <laughs> now we're getting into yeah. Uh, now we're getting into questions that came from the audience. Clearly, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that song. I do too. That's Pearly, not Pippin. I know. Okay, oh, okay? that's not Pippin. yeah, but I love that song. Oh, it's pearly. Oh, shit. 
I got love. I wouldn't have been in Pearly for lots of reasons. No, it's um, everything has its season. Yes, very good. I was in the Bay Street production of of, of Pippin in 2008. And you left your computer on top of your car. And I left my computer on top of the car, and I had two, uh, I had uh, Eugenia and Jackson and Anastasia were in the car, mm-hmm. and then I drove away. And Anastasia said, honey, I think something came off the car. And then I, we drove back, and there was a shattered computer on the highway. Oh, that's great. That I used for Did another Did you curse? Part. Oh, yeah, I was so stressed out. It was like that kind of single parent kind of yeah, stress. Yeah, like, fuck! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like trying uh, to get somewhere. How did you or meet get Anastasia? At p- doing Pippin. In, Is in, that in, where in, you met? Yeah, we did. Oh, I yeah. love Anastasia Barzi, ladies and gentlemen. Anastasia Barzi. So after you leave um, SVU, does it... Do, I know. Do, do you have a little lull? I had a lull. Yeah. And that was the first couldn't time. Get couldn't get it. Couldn't get hired. Yeah. Had a lull. First time in your fucking career. I think so, yeah. Yeah. How was that? Like You're, two years. I, you know, the whole, like, I'm going to L.A. for pilot season. Oh, please. Thing. I can't. And, and all that. Like two or two and a half years or something like that. And like I couldn't get her. Like they didn't know where I. They couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I wasn't me. I didn't know who I was really, as an actor. I really didn't. I, I, I didn't know this then, but now I figured out. Oh, they, they. Well, first of all, I wasn't eligible for those character parts right. anymore. I, I kind of totally proceduralized myself. Right. And and I was only thought. And then there was not. There was just no interest in it. I guess or whatever. And then I got a job on that show, Awake. Right. You know, and, and, that was, and, and it was like after having said I will not play a doctor or a therapist again, I got the part of a therapist. So and in those two and a half years, did you ever say to yourself, oh, my God, I should never have left SVU? No. Wow. Really? No, I would have been like, you fucking I asshole. Can't no, believe you I left all American. No, girl. I think I think yeah. I always felt from the very beginning, from the beginning of all of this. So you never I, double, you never questioned yourself. No, because I always thought you just wait. You just have to just wait. You have to just keep going at it and just. And you never it. got depressed or like I want to quit or I'm gonna go. No, get I never thought I would quit. I started nothing. writing and I wanted to write more. Right. And continuing to write and writing is really important to me. And I, I and that was a good time for me to. Right. Be able to start doing well, that. Well, that's what happens when you're on a fucking show for 11 years and don't have to worry about, like, you that's know. Right. That's right. Fucking yeah. jerk. Yeah. You ended up going back to do a guest spot on SVU. Yeah, twice. And you got, can you tell us a little story about getting into the makeup chair? Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. So I black. This is really good. Thank this you is for, such a good story. Well, yeah. no, I mean, don't say. Don't say All right. Why so you it's do not that? that good. It's a boring story. It's boring. Terrible boring. story. But the the point of the story is that I left SVU 2011, maybe 2012 or 13. Oh. They have me back, and um, uh, they they figured out some way to justify that I'm going to be there for one to profile one case or whatever and I go and I sit in the makeup chair and by this time they've turned the makeup department over and there's a new makeup artist there and she's this very young young woman and she's or maybe it's no it's the hair person okay okay and uh, so I sit in her chair and she stands behind me as a make as a hair yeah, person does and she's know, fluffing my hair and, and she mirror. says so 
um, is this how you had it at the audition? Because she thought I was just coming in, you know, and I, I said, oh, I was like, my mind just blew up in my mind. I, I didn't, I was thinking so many things. Okay, the thought, way we talked about it. The way we talked about it. Okay. Yes, you said, she came over and said, oh, how, how, how do you want your hair? And you said, I don't, you know, the way normal, it normally is. And she said, well, how did you wear it to the audition? Well, what's the difference? Because then it was a two-parter. As a comedian, I know what build-up is. The point was she gave away the punchline too. No, I mean also people don't really understand like what like what happens is when you're like a day player, you you come in for one day and you know the 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 makeup artist is so that department they're so over all the people they have to make up and do their hair and stuff like that. So they want to make it as easy for themselves as possible. Right. Actually, so so like you know, is this how you had it? Because I will get in trouble if I redo your. Your hair and they look at you okay whatever they, you know did you get like a ping in your heart like oh my god yeah because it was within well, the two I mean, and a half I, I years wasn't, i was pretty working, yeah i was pretty happy not being on the show anymore so it was okay with me it just thought it was amazing i was amazed by it are you I, was, um, I hadn't been gone that long right are you friends with any of the people on svu stephanie march really uh-huh what about marishka I'm friendly with her, but I don't see her as, as much um, as I see Stephanie. Do you remember there was a forensic gynecologist on? And you were so mean to her? You were a gynecologist? Yes, I was a forensic gynecologist. And you were so mean. You were like saying, you were so hard. But I mean, thank God you were there. because No, I, I mean, the Wait. character, my character was mean or skeptical to No, you, you were being an oh, asshole. You're like, go walk over there. But wait, I never told you this. I got this, I went in, and it was all medical. It was like, oh, she went in, I uh, the uh, fetal tissue of the matter, right? And so I remember my agent was at Buckwald. I was with Buckwald. And um, I went in and read for it. And later that afternoon, uh, the agent calls me and is like, you got the part of the gynecologist. How appropriate. Because I apparently know a lot about vaginas since I'm a lesbian. Can you? Appropriate. It's so appropriate for you. Yeah, that's what she said. Isn't that great? A lesbian playing a guy. All right, whatever. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that got about as much fucking reaction as the how'd you wear it to the audition. So, um, you're happily married. I am. You have an amazing son at NYU. He's okay. Oh, he's so fucking great. Um, <laughs> he's truly great. Uh, you went to Richie's wedding. Yes. He went to your wedding. Yes. And, I mean, it's like you're like lesbians. Well, isn't that, I mean, you you know, you share a child. You want to kind of, you know. I know, but there's so many people who break up and it's like, fuck you, you fucking asshole. And yeah, I, yeah, I guess there are. We don't have that. On The Daily Show, um, you mentioned that you're grateful. Did I? Yeah. You no. said grateful. And then you said you hate saying that you're grateful. Because it is the most annoying hashtag grateful. Yeah. Um, that was why I hesitated. That's the only reason why right. I hesitated. I didn't hesitate because I wasn't grateful or I, or because I didn't want people to know. You know, I just think it kind of comes out a little cliche. Right. And then you're you're that person that is kind of blindly saying it. So I wanted to say it with a kind of, I don't know, a, 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 a disclaimer or right. something like that. Because 
you work all the <laughs> fucking time. Like, I don't think Anastasia. It's, isn't it? Like, it is. Yeah. yeah. Should I tell the audience about the three of us? Uh, well, yes, but yes and no. Okay. So we we have a group text, and I swear to God. They met through group text. We met okay, through group I, text. BD and I were texting, and he's he just you added or, yeah I added yeah, was, and then yeah. we just and I had never met Anastasia and now it's like they're like my family I swear to god they have gotten me through so many nights on the road where I'm like I, I can't take it anymore because we're both up really late at yeah. night so she's in but some crazy place of the, of the country um, but do you, you re- do you realize what an anomaly like that no one works as like you work all the time. You just wrote the um, libretto and book for Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes, I did. Um, is that coming to Broadway? Um, it, it, you always you know dream okay. and fantasize is it about going it, to but a it's the theater no, near you. It's coming to the Okanquit Playhouse in Maine in oh, August. Oh, yeah, that's great. I want to come. Yeah, Maine. Who'd they go for? Biden. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you believe a fucking old white man is going to be... Pr- okay, I can't take it anymore. Well, are we going to get into that? No. Okay. So, do you... Do you realize... It's annoying. It really is annoying. I annoy myself, okay? Does that help you? No, you don't. No, but I, I, I work really hard, you know? I, uh, okay, I, I, I don't work hard? I'm not out at the fucking clubs every night! Well... I don't know. Everyone works hard. Who said that? Um, I don't. I don't mean that. I just mean. I don't mean that. I don't. That you don't work hard. I mean that I. You have a uh, some sort of mojo. No, you have like oh fuck a divine something. Because you real. I mean, you're such a great person. Ugh, that was annoying for that I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're just so great on so many levels and you work all the fucking time. Um, do you... What do I say? I mean, what do you... I'm thanks. Okay. Thank you. So... Thanks. Are we... Uh, I, my podcast is called Kill Me Now because I basically wake up and that's the first thing out of my mouth because I fucking hate everyone. Now... I ask two questions of all my guests. Oh, wow. Okay, number one, I'm very, I mean, I've su- I suffer from depression, anxiety, I have ADHD, I'm like mental. My parents were old when they had me, that's why, and my grandparents were cousins. So, um, second cousins. But Is that true, really? Second cousins, yeah, my grand. Wow. That's why I'm gigantic, too. So... Have you? I'm gonna. I think I know the answer. Have you ever been on antidepressants? I have not. I knew it. And what do you do to keep yourself mentally healthy? Hmm. Because you're pretty mentally healthy. I put a lot of energy into my friends. Really? I try to. And I think because I get a lot back from that investment, right. I feel sane. I feel perspective and right. I, I get perspective from them and um, I I mm, boy it's mentally healthy I don't I 
That's very interesting. I, I think balance is super important, like to try yeah, to balance absolutely. things. And I, I, I'm perfectly capable of going too far, doing any one thing or another, like right. working too hard or not working hard enough, you know, right. like that's just how the pendulum swings or whatever. And the, the relationships, I think, are the relationships that get you through that, all of that working stuff. Okay. My relationship with my husband and, um, my evolving relationship with my son are very, really, really valuable right, to me. Right. And, and I hold on to them very tightly and I try to do whatever I can to, to do my part in, in nurturing them. And that's because I think I can draw from them. Right. Like one of the things that I used to do all the time, uh, for the, uh, like in the earliest part of my relationship with record, I've been with record for 10 years now. When I first met Riker, I was out every night doing like something like this or um, a benefit or some gala or whatever. Right. Every single night I tried to do it because I felt like that was what you did to nurture your own career, that you were working right, to right. expose yourself, that you got, it's like publicity and it's free no, publicity. You couldn't say no. And it was also charity. It was your responsibility yeah. as a person in the, in the public eye to, to change. To and that, and yeah. then I started realizing that I was burnt out, one. Right. And the other thing was that all I needed to do was sit at home and watch television with right. Riker and feel a resetting that I never felt before. Like right. I was like, oh my gosh, we don't have to do anything actually. We can, we actually sometimes don't even have to talk even with though we do. Um, just that, just like taking a second is, has been really res restorative to me. And so I always, that's the thing that I, that's my takeaway from my relationship with him is like, let's do that. Let's just not do anything and and Ugh. just be together for a minute and it's been really and it, luckily he's really into that and likes that and then there are plenty of times when you can go out and do other things right. and and do things but like it's this not every, I know. it's not every night i know I, I got like that too and i was like you know what i can't well and you have to do it to a certain extent with your schedule on the road right. you don't have as much of a choice i know as, I and, can't stand on that. um what this is the second question yes what pisses you off more than anything and it like makes you so fucking crazy angry and it could be anything but what fucking of course it can be um i mean like there's so many things right right like what is like i i cannot fucking stand this Are you am i is that you're saying that that pisses you off when people say are you oh that pisses me off and the other thing is like um do i know you or you look so familiar but i don't know who you are kind of thing or 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 um um them saying they i love it when the people say oh are you're not are you what are you and then you say yes i am and they go i knew it oh i know i hate I that no you didn't you didn't but that doesn't piss me off as much as as a general sense of people not using their um, brains to their potential. Oh, I can't, I know, right? We all have the brain. Right. We can do what we want with it. And you see it out there. Now you see it, of course, with the president and all that stuff. I don't know what his brain is capable of doing, actually. But Evil. he's yeah. not using it. He's he's so selfish that he right. won't, you won't even use his own brain properly. He doesn't even feel he has the need to have to know right. anything. Right, I know. Right? So that is a that's an extension of something that's a pet peeve of mine. Like you know how how hard is it to figure out that you should not stand in front of the door on the subway when other people are getting? Oh, out? like fucking fuck! How how hard is that to figure I out? I know. It's, it's just Get a, the it's just fuck intelligence. And let me off. 
you yeah. fucking asshole. Yeah, or turn to the side right. or something. It's, 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 it, that, that to me is symbolic of a kind of not thinking. What about I like looking to, at your phone while you're walking down and you're like behind the person yeah, right. and then or, you no, go to the, the right stairs. and they fucking move over to the right. Yeah. They're going up the stairs. stairs. The I subway. hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, no. Yeah. So that is not, those little individual things are representative to me of someone being in their own head, not being out thinking, using their right, brain right. to get outside of themselves because I like the, like I said, I think the human connection is the thing that makes us really special. We really, we're really into it. Like I, that makes me feel alive when I'm able to connect to somebody. So even on the subway, that's part of it. Right. Like let's work together or something. Yeah. And so how hard is that to work together? When you when you're in a musical, have you been in musicals? Like 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 have you been on stage in a big musical yes, and stuff? Yes, not in uh, off Broadway. Well, no, I mean, I was in you know, Disaster, the musical, oh, and not in the Broadway oh, one, okay. the Off-Broadway, and no, but, Clinton, the musical. Okay, no, so what I mean is, the one thing that I strongly believe is that people learn a lot about spatial awareness right. and things like that from being in musicals, right? right? So I want, I wish for everyone, everyone to... Everyone should have to be in a musical. To be, to ride the subway. That's what oh, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, it's very logical of the way that you egress and enter something. Right. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with B.D. Wong, who I, isn't he the greatest? And he's just so sensitive. He's ugh, I love him. Uh, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, and every, every other portion of my life and this podcast is aided along by, by, uh, by the guidance and... I don't even know what to say. Uh, Brittany Joe Sowards, ladies and gentlemen. That, that is for the rich man because she married a Jew, but she couldn't be less Jewish. But she she tries. She's a good person. Um, so that's that. Uh, I want you to, you know, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm a Jew and I'm Jewish and I'm Jew and I'm a Jew, 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 Jew. That's a loud one. A fan gave me this, um, this, um, bell and it's very loud but it's pink and it has a smiley face on it and i fucking love it i don't use my other bell anymore so thank you to that person who i think their name began with a c but i can't remember uh if you're still listening i just want you to say i fucking love you i love you for listening to the end i love it also uh please buy my book yes i can say that and please subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe and leave a review. And then I can keep doing it. Um, but we have some changes coming up and I think you're going to like them. And I hope you're enjoying these re-airs because um, I love them. I love them. And, you know, people miss episodes. So it's a good way to catch up. And uh, that's about it. Uh, I'm excited about spring. I am so happy that the fucking sun is out at six o'clock. Yeah, that's all I have to say. I, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And as we always say, so long.